Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network for our very first Sunday episode, which is a Thursday episode. So it's kind of like uh, we well, we apologize that we were only able to get uh, our show off at this point. We usually we try to get our episodes on on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but. Uh, none of us were really available. We have very busy schedules, so we apologize for that. But we did. We are making it up for you, and we have a we have a couple of guests. And for the episode we where we decided where we are going to be previewing the AFC North, we have all AFC North fans, team fans of teams of different of fans of different teams. So uh, we have special guest Jack Hartman. Nick, uh, Nick Normand, and along with, of course, our co-host, my main man, Justin Tucker, Baltimore Ravens fan. So Jack Hartman is a Browns fan, and Nick Normand is a Steelers fan. And the only one, the only, the only fan who isn't here is a Bengals fan, which I did, I did try to get one on. And Stephen Parker, if you're listening, maybe next time, dude. But it would have been great. Uh, so maybe maybe at some point I'll try to, as a Patriots fan, and I, I'm going to remain loyal as a Patriots fan to uh, to stay loyal to my team, of course. But I mean, somebody has to represent the Bengals. Uh, so uh, without to. further ado, it, uh, <laughs> for those of you, uh, some for some of the people who don't know uh, Jack Hartman, Nick Norman, would you guys want to uh, introduce yourselves? Sure. I'm Nick. I am a Steelers fan, as Adam said. It is my second time guest starring on the show and just happy to be here. I've really been a football fan only like five years. So in the grand scheme of things, that's like not a lot of time. But I'll talk Steelers. I'll talk any sort of team with anybody. So feel free to hit me up. They'll have my socials on the comments. Yeah. How's it going, everybody? Name's Jack. Uh, like Adam said, I am a Browns fan um, in a time where it's awkward being a Browns fan. But, hey, we live with it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, this is also my second time on. Um, if you listened last week, I was here to talk uh, AFC East preview. Um, so, yeah, happy happy to be back. Thank you, Adam, for having me. And this, uh, this is going to be fun tonight. Yeah, pleasure having you on for the second week in a row. <laughs> And this time talking about the division where your team is in, you got to talk your Browns, talking about the Baker Mayfield situation. To And you were mentioning off camera before we started this episode, getting that cleared up so that we wouldn't have to talk about it for an hour uh, <laughs> yeah. while we were talking about the AFC North. But another little twist on that is kind of that uh, there's a possibility that Deshaun Watson might not even play again. Strong possibility. So that's, that is, oh yeah. Um, so without further ado, how about we get started? Um, how about we all give our sort of takes on what, how this AFC North is going to shape up? Sure. So I'll just open it up and say, before we started off this episode, Jack was saying that he broke down every single game that this division is playing this year and sort of how the schedule's intertwine and basically he gave a record prediction that every team at worst would be above eight and nine or 
eight and nine. And that just speaks, in my opinion, to the depth that this division has. As we've said before, as many people have said, our division may possibly be the best division in the NFL. And really, realistically, if things shake out for any of the teams in our division, any team could win if everything breaks their way this season. Even though me and my Steelers may not be the most talented or most ready or have the best quarterback in the division, if things broke our way, we got a shot in it. If the Bengals can repeat with the explosive offense they got, they can do it. If Deshaun Watson isn't suspended and comes in and balls out like we know he can, they can win it. If the Ravens don't have 30 torn ACLs by September 1st, <laughs> they can win it. But it can really break anybody's way right now. A lot to ask for. All of, all of the teams really are ridiculously talented with a ton of young, talented dudes who can dominate in some of these games. Mm-hmm. All right, Jack? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, Nick, you said it really, really well, um, especially talking about, yeah, the, the way things break. Um, you know, the uh, honestly, I think that the Ravens would have won the division last year if it weren't for all of the injuries that happened. Um, and I'm saying that as a Browns fan, you know, so like that that means something. <laughs> um, but, you know, it yeah, stuff, weird stuff happens. That's that's sports. That's professional sports, you know, Um and and you know you you fight through it and that's what that's what makes the cream rise to the top um for for teams in the nfl is who can handle that adversity and work with it and get through it um and i think all of these teams can and i think all of these teams will um i think you know the the losses that teams are gonna that teams you know in the afc north are gonna have um this year they're mostly gonna be within the division um you know they they all of these teams can stack up against the, you know, the two divisions that they're playing in the NFC South and the, the AFC East. Um, so, so it's going to make for a really, really fun year, a really competitive year and a year that there, I don't think there's going to be a clear favorite for the division um, through week 15. Uh, maybe at that point, you know, uh, you know, like Nick, you know, sort of saying, maybe that'll be when the Steelers sort of, you know, it's, it becomes apparent that they're not going to, they're not going to be competing for the, for the pennant, but, Still, you know, I think I think going into week uh, 18, we will have no idea who is going to be coming out of the division as the champion. And that's just makes for such fun, awesome football. All right, Tuck. Oh, boy. Well, first off, I do agree with the Browns fan that if we were healthy, oh, we had that division unlocked. But unfortunately, injuries never go our way, except almost always. So. We have to expect that. I don't think injuries ever go anybody's way. Just putting that out there. I don't think. No, I'm like. Or... I'm not saying like injuries go anybody's way. What I'm saying is the, the Ravens have a history of having injuries at the worst possible time, and it's not even fair. And it's unfortunate. It is what it is. We just have to fight through it. But if if we stay healthy, we're getting some of our players back. We're getting our whole backfield back, which can only help our run game. Thank God I couldn't take another minute watching Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray run the football. God, that hurt. I'm sick and tired of looking at my old line like Lamar Jackson needs to be on life support because no one was helping him. Andre Villanueva, thank God you're retired. (sighs) But enough about the injuries. Uh, When I look at the entire landscape of the AFC North, it's always going to be a tough, it's always going to be a a drag out brawl between all the 
division. I mean, all the rivals because it's always like that. The Bengals always give the Ravens and the Steelers problems, just like the Steelers always give the Bengals and the Ravens problems. That's just how they built their teams to be. Because everybody knows that if you try to go through to win the Super Bowl, you're more than likely going to have to go through one of the teams in the AFC North, which is by far either the first or the second best division in football. So with that said, it's just a matter of who's going to be in the lead and who's going to take up the wild card spots. Because I think the I think the division has the potential to have at least three teams to be in the playoffs, regardless of who finishes first, second, or third. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is this. Uh, I'm not going to add anything on to how di- how competitive this division and uh, the uncontroversial statement that injuries always happen. And it's it doesn't affect any other league other than the NFL. Like it's it's just something that you can't predict. And it's just it the the NFL is just crazy. Uh, but the biggest wild card in this division is definitely the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are the team where you look at they have the they have arguably the highest ceiling and probably the lowest floor because of Deshaun Watson. Because if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, Baker Mayfield's not going to play either. He's already saying screw you guys. So yeah. you wind up with some bum third string quarterback with your otherwise great roster and you're going to end up you're and you know you end up being being last even to the Pittsburgh Steelers no offense Nick but um the the team that I would have as the slam dunk favorite would be the uh the Cincinnati Bengals that team just top to bottom has talent everywhere you look the secondary's improved the offensive line has improved dramatically and the only reason why I hesitate on it on picking the Bengals to win this division is the fact that they lost the Super Bowl. And I know, I know that's it sounds like lazy analysis, but if you look at teams that have lost the Super Bowl, they almost never go back. And even when they go back, they almost never win it. You saw the the only two teams that have won it have have come back to win it have been the uh, the New England Patriots in 2018, which are a completely different animal than anybody else that Patriots dynasty. And the Dolphins back in, what was it, the 70s? So it's just, I want to I give it this division to the Bengals. And you can make a case for, for all the other teams. This is obviously, like we've already established, most, most competitive division. But the, I, it's a tough one. I, I, I want to give it to the, I want to, so I said the Browns when we were talking about it earlier on. But because of the uncertainty with uh, Deshaun Watson, I might have to say the Bengals, which I could wind up with egg, with egg in my face uh, later on in the season. But, I mean, that's the team I got to pick. Listen, do they still have that burnt piece of toast at corner? They do, but then they just get Dax uh, Hill. Eli Apple. Eli Apple have- is on the roster. He's their they number two. He's still there. But it, it's better than him being oh, your number one. Who's He's, their number one? I, I like Jackson Hill. Nobody Owusu. Because I'm about to say Jackson Hill probably would have to be the corner. Because God knows if they put Eli Apple out there, that's feasting. Even for the Ravens, he's a slot corner specifically, and Mike Hilton's their designated slot. Because Mike Hilton's like five foot seven. I know because he gets toasted by every tight end because he's two feet tall. But they got like three players that can play slot, and Eli Apple's their best outside corner. It's 
that's I think look, I think Dak I think Daxton Hill is versatile enough so that he can play outside and he'll have to develop into an outside corner or else it's not gonna work. The reason Excuse the Bengals it's not gonna work out. The 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 I mean they're the defense at Eli Apple is one of the reasons the Bengals lost the Super Bowl. But if the Bengals had a good enough offensive line, they still could have won that Super Bowl. And that's where they and that's where they decided that's what the, that was the more important need to improve not only for winning, but also to protect, you know, the center of their franchise for the foreseeable future. And so I can I can see it. They won that many games with Eli Apple at corner last year. You know, they can they can do it again. It's the reason they that so, they lost on that last play of the game. It was what he he had Burrow had just dropped back and then he already had a defender who was swallowing him up and he barely got it away. Well, if he had it for about on, a half second left not just he, a defender. The, the best defender, defender in the game for a decade. Yeah, I thought it was, it was Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald. I, yeah, Aaron I thought Brown. I knew. I figured it was Aaron Donald. I wasn't sure. I wanted to say just a defender, but just either way, either way, the, it's not like it's not like it's an achievement to get through that Bengals offensive line. Um, but Jamar I Chase think... had Jamar Chase had Ramsey beat on that play, and if he had it for a half second longer. He, I want, I don't want to say he would have had him for a touchdown, but it would have been a big, it would have been at least a first down. What was it like, like fourth and two, fourth, fourth and a fourth and four. one? It was fourth and four. That was third. That was third down. Fourth down was the or fourth down I'm, was when he threw it to P Ryan in the flat right. and fell down. Yeah, that, that's yeah. the play I was talking yeah, about yeah. where yeah, he yeah. He, right. he was already swallowed right. up. It was the last play of the game. He barely got the ball away. Deron didn't even die will, for it. Yeah, I was pissed. I, I, I was will, mad. I will never understand why Samaji P Ride did not even at least attempt to die for that ball because I think a, he may have been able to get it. You're a Steelers fan. You're mad for the Bengals. I don't like people playing bad football when they're in the Super Bowl and like you have a shot to win a Super Bowl. Like you get That's paid for this and this is your only shot. It's fourth down and you're this their second your screen running guy. back. Like this isn't Joe Mixon who's worried about a contract year. This is a second string running back who becomes a legend if he makes that play. I mm-hmm. I wanted Cincinnati to win because the Browns beat him both times in the regular season last year yeah. and it would have been. It would have been the only bright spot for us in an otherwise horrendous season. So that's a fair that's a fair point. You beat the Super Bowl champs twice in the regular season. That's fair. Um, wasn't the wasn't that last one when they already benched their starters though? No, because I'm I'm pretty sure one of them was against the Browns where they were playing their they were playing their. Hello. Adam froze. Adam froze. All right. Yeah, he froze on me. I thought it was me for a second. Back up quarterback. Oh, he came back. No, he's not back. We're back. All right. Uh, that was that was that was weird. I'm on a uh, spotty internet neck uh, internet. I'm at my grandparents' house and on the on a uh, on uh, Cape Cod doing this episode. That's how dedicated I am to getting these episodes <laughs> out, guys. This guy. And. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I really look, I like the Bengals in this. I like the Bengals in this division. I did like the Cleveland Browns. I just think there's something about teams who have great rosters who are a quarterback away and get a quarterback that star level quarterback recently. They always do something 
significant, whether that be whether that be the Buccaneers when they got Tom Brady or the Rams last year when they got Matthew Stafford. And I'll argue to a lesser extent because Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play much through his first two years with the 49ers. His first full season was actually pretty good. And he did help that team. It was a good surrounding roster. I know it's a it's not the best argument, which is why I say to a lesser extent, but that did work out fairly well. And he and Jimmy Garoppolo faces too much criticism nowadays. And I hope he finds a good situation, even as a even as a Patriots fan who uh, who wanted him on the on the Patriots for when Brady was gone and was disappointed when they traded him for a second round pick. Uh, but anything we want to add? To, I was going to uh, say, just talking this division. about the star quarterback additions, it's not necessarily this division, but like we can talk to Sean Watson being the star quarterback added to a team. One, we don't know how many games he's going to play. It's on the table. I think it's on the table. He doesn't play a game this year. I think that's on yeah. the board. I don't think it's likely that he doesn't play at all this year, but I think that's on the board. But the thing is, not even in the division, we also have Russell Wilson joining a team, and he's a legit Hall of Fame quarterback. And I just heard this recently that somebody brought this up, but, like, Matt Ryan on the Colts is going to be interesting. He's not on the same level as any of the high-profile guys that have moved recently, but he's a former MVP who has a shot if he compiles another Pro Bowl year or two to look like a Hall of Famer on his resume and, like, this Colts team does have a ton of talent on it to be good this next year. So we got a lot of other teams in the AFC that have added some star power other than just the Browns adding Deshaun to become a quarterback away that could be that team that now has a superstar. So just some interesting things to think about with a lot of quarterback movement recently. Yeah. See, that's my point is kind of, that there's there's a recent trend where these these uh, these elite quarterbacks who move teams they wind up with some immediate success, and I and I think when you look at when you look at some of the move some of the moves that have been made the Cleveland Browns getting Deshaun Watson, uh, Dan, uh, Russell Russell Wilson going to Denver. Even the even uh, Matt Ryan going to the Colts, one of those teams is going to emerge and possibly win a Super Bowl, at least contend for one. And it's been it's been happening the past. It happened the last two years, and I mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo from the year before that. Could happen this could happen this year as well. Uh, but coming up next, we are going to talk about. So what we're we're going to get creative for our guest segment. Each each uh, each fan. In this episode is going to pitch their team and why they believe uh, they are going to win their division. We're going to get to that next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Touchdown! Unbelievable! 
You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 80 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, Jack Hartman, Nick Normand with you. And uh, so our, for our guest segment, so we have two guests in here, including another, another uh, including a co-host who is a fan of another AFC North team, the Ravens. So what we're going to do is we're going to go around the table and each guy is going to pitch why they believe that their team is going to either win the division or you might not believe they're going to win the division. You might think something else is going to happen or get bold, say that they're going to win the Super Bowl. Whatever you believe that your team is going to do, make your pitch to us and we're going to go around the table. Uh, we'll start with our with our guests. Uh, Nick, why don't you pitch your sure. Steelers? Oh, so, my Steelers. Like We were talking about this a little with the pre-show, but like the Steelers – not maybe on the same level as the other teams in the division where like I think the three other teams in the division outside of the Steelers legitimately have MVP caliber quarterbacks like MVP of the league level quarterbacks where Deshaun Watson's on that level Lamar Jackson's proven that and Joe Burrow I think is on that level as well to be able to be that dude I think we can all pretty confidently say that but I would just say that the Steelers I wouldn't predict them necessarily to win the division this year, but I think we can all see it in our brains. If we just look at the picture, it may be a little fuzzy, but I think they got a real shot being a wild card team. I think that that's very much on the table for them being the organization that they are and being the Steelers. If you just look at the team last year compared to this year, there are some subtle moves because I know the Steelers aren't big spenders in free agency. And I'm sure that you guys couldn't name three guys that the Steelers got in free agency. They're just not a splashy organization in free agency. But if you just look over from the changes last year to this year between the draft and free agency, our offense is really, really young and really, really athletic. If you just go through position by position, we don't have a guy on our, on our offense that's over like 27 years old. There's nobody older than something like that. Trubisky at quarterback, Pickett at quarterback, two really young athletic guys. Pickett's athleticism's underrated. It's like a slightly ratcheted down Justin Herbert kind of athleticism where he can move, but he wants to throw the ball, but he can move well. Trubisky, really underrated athlete. He can run over dudes and is a true can run you over down the field kind of quarterback. His athleticism in the Matt Canada offense is a really interesting component. That Big Ben hasn't been athletic in... 10 years, I think we can confidently say, like, as a Steelers fan, like, I remember the prime of, like, 2017 with the Killer Bees and that offense. And that Killer Bees 2017 offense with Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Martavius Bryant, Juju, like, that was a crazy explosive offense. And Big Ben was still a statue back then. He ran for maybe 50 yards that entire season. And 50 yards is out of everybody's mind kind of thing for a quarterback in now's age of quarterback play. Where 50 yards, somebody can get that in a quarter. Somebody can get that in a play now at the quarterback position. Lamar Jackson's, I'm sure, had multiple plays of over 50 yards running the ball, where having that much in an entire season is just insanity. But the athleticism at quarterback, crazy. Having Najee as your primary running back, he's a legitimate stud running back who can tote the ball 20, 25, 30 times a game if he has to. He's a true bell cow, 
really strong running back. And I've been seeing pictures and film out of camp. He's apparently put on about five, 10 pounds of muscle where he looks legitimately bigger and stronger. He's apparently heavier than prime Jerome Bettis in Pittsburgh, which is insane to think about because Jerome Bettis was big. That was the bus. That was a big dude. And Najee's like six foot two, six foot three taller, but he looks bigger. His legs look giant, like Saquon Barkley kind of big, which is insane to think about because last year seeing him as a rookie, he did not look like this. He he has transformed his body and has not lost his quickness that maybe a lesser part of his game, but he's still better, I would say, as good, if not better than he was last year. And he was a pro bowler last year. At the wide receiver position, I think we can all confidently say that Deontay Johnson is a stud receiver and one of the best route runners in the game and a legitimate threat at wide receiver, especially in this division that may be lacking a little bit in wide receiver outside of the Bengals who are just stacked with it. I think we can confidently say Deontay Johnson's a top three receiver in the division. I would say pretty comfortably with Amari Cooper and with uh, Jamar Chase in the division. I would say that Deontay's in the conversation for that number three spot pretty easily. But between him and then we have Chase Claypool who – has the upside to be a number one receiver in the league. He's got the height and speed combination to be a really big play receiver, even though he has an issue with focus drops and his hands are lacking. He has the ability to make those contested catches like a true down-the-field stud receiver, a la like a Mike Williams. And we also drafted two receivers that are really, really good players with a George Pickens, who's in that mold of a Chase Claypool, a really tall, big guy who's really a contested catch monster. And I know that Justin here is going to maybe be squeamish a little with the Calvin Austin pick if he's heard the stories that I have. With the Ravens wanting to draft him and the Steelers sniping him a pick before out of that war room, it's went around a lot. Peter King brought it up being in that war room that the Steelers sniped him a pick before. And he's in that same mold of like a quick returner kind of guy. He's only five foot eight, but he is fast. That's everything we're hearing out of the Steelers. He is fast. He's a return specialist. He's a really good potential slot receiver with legitimate speed. And those are two rookies that we're adding to a room with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, who are kids. They're on their rookie contract. They're young. Then you've got Pat Fremuth, who was a rookie last year and who came on in the middle of the year. Really good tight end. And our offensive line is young and improving. We don't have any of the old guys we had for years on that offensive line. It's all young, unproven, but have some of the talent, a little bit more athleticism than in the past. And the defense, you don't really even have to bring up the defense with the Steelers. We know what we're getting from them. Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick. The real hole on the defense right now, I will potentially say, Stefan Tuitt retiring. We didn't have him last year, so it's not like a loss, like we're playing without him compared to last year. But he's a player who made a big impact the last time he was on the field. And then besides that, our cornerback room is really, really lacking with having no Joe Hayden and our best cornerback being Akello Witherspoon. That's a little bit of a concern. He has legitimate athleticism and size and speed. But having him be your number one corner when he couldn't even stick in San Francisco, whose cornerback room is not good, that's a little bit troublesome as a Steelers fan. But having T.J. Watt, the defensive player of the year, 
And legitimately, I can pretty confidently say the best defender in the division and the def- the best defender in the AFC, I can pretty confidently say that I feel good about where the defense is. I know that Jack's shaking his head being like, Miles Garrett's right there in the division. But I would say as a more complete defender, TJ Watt being able to drop in coverage and as a run defender, maybe as a pure pass rusher, Miles Garrett fans with the pass rush win rate and with the double team rate that you'll always see Miles Garrett guys throw at you. I understand that as a pure pass rusher, but as an overall defender, his impact on the game and winning. TJ Watt single-handedly won us probably three or four football games last year that we lose without him. We just straight out lose with like a clutch fourth force fumble late in games or with a pass breakup or a clutch sack on third down. TJ Watt was a monster at impact plays last year. And I think that he can be a really big impact player post his defensive player of the year sack record tying season. And so I think at the very least, the Steelers are going to be a really fun watch. When the last team we saw with the Steelers was a short passing game, horrendous offensive line, really unathletic quarterback. I think our offense is going to be improved and I don't think our defense is going to be horrendous. And so I feel pretty good about being an interesting team who can make the wild card. All right. Well, there you go. That is Nick Norman, the uh, Steelers fan talking about uh, his team and how, how he believes they are going to be competitive in this division. That was very well said. Didn't leave out any details at all, but uh, Jack, uh, why don't you sell your Browns? Yeah, so let me just start with the huge asterisk, the biggest asterisk probably in a prediction of any NFL team ever, and that is how many games Deshaun Watson playing? We don't know. As of right now, he is playing every single game, and because of that, as of right now, when I did my you know research and, and discussion and you know figured my stuff out, out you know coming into this podcast um that's how i plan you know i that can change probably will change though i don't know there has been talk that they um might wait to uh penalize him until the following season because of how long and drawn out this process um is going to be um with you know the 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 legal stuff um and I've also heard talk that the NFL wants to penalize the Browns for the way that they constructed his contract um, so that if he got suspended this year, it didn't hurt them or him money wise um, that, you know, uh, the 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 league might decide to wait um, so that they can, you know, make make that hurt a little more um, as as they should, um, in in my own opinion. Um, But anyway. All that to say, as of right now, Deshaun Watson is is slanted to play all 17 games of the season, barring injury. So that's how we're gonna that's that's how we're gonna act. Um, the the Browns have one of the the most talented teams in the NFL right now, and so do the Bengals, so do the Ravens. The Steelers are on their way there. You know, we can we'll keep saying that. You know. Um, a couple other things, you know, like that to get out of the way that don't really give an edge to anybody is we're playing against the AFC East this year. Um, though, you know, we talked last week and a lot of those teams uh, besides Buffalo, you know, the the Patriots, the Jets and the Dolphins, 
made some moves and they're going to be a little frisky. I still think that all of these teams can beat those three teams. Um, you know, when that happens, same thing with the NFC South is the, is the NFC division that they're playing. Again, you have Tampa Bay, but other than that, you have Carolina, New Orleans, who again made some moves might be frisky, but if they've got Jameis Winston under center, then who's to say what they can possibly do. Um, and, and the Falcons who are in total rebuild at this point. So again, not really an advantage there. Where I do think, though, that Cleveland does get um, start to get some advantages over some of these other teams is um, is that they are they've been working on this for a few years now. You know, this is Kevin Stefanski. It's only Kevin Stefanski's third year. Um, we saw a lot of bright spots of what the offense can be. His his first year, um, that was the year that you know the Browns went to went to the divisional round um, of the playoffs and lost the Arrowhead. Um, but they, you know, what what was holding that offense back? We all we can all agree was Baker Mayfield, um, and and even when he was playing really well, he was inconsistent. So, you know, that's he's he was what was holding that offense back, and they've they've addressed that. They have, they have had and still do one of the most underrated offensive lines in the NFL as well. They, I mean, they worked on that, you know, a ton to get that to where it's at. Um, there is a little bit of turnover this year, um, but still not, not much. And those core guys, they still have there. Um, what everybody's been talking about, and it's a legitimate point um, and, and point of question, is the wide receiver room. Um, you know, Amari Cooper is definitely our wide receiver one, and he's a stud and a top receiver in our game right now. Um, but, you know, people are asking, who do they have behind that? Um, they have uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who um, showed some flashes when he was wide receiver three behind Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, um, because those two guys were getting a lot of the, you know, the, the main uh, – you know, the main coverage packages um, last season that he was that guy because Odell Beckham Jr. When they, you know, released him um, and Jarvis Landry was injured, he was our wide receiver one and he didn't perform as well. But now teams are going to be more concerned about Amari Cooper. He's going to get the chance to uh, play a little more um, with with a little more room um, in the slot. Um, we will probably have Anthony Schwartz, who was a rookie last year speedy speedy dude out of Oregon um who didn't really do much last year but it was because it was a weird year where we had him as our slot receiver or as a guy that should be a slot receiver but we had Jarvis Landry playing that spot so there wasn't wasn't much room for him in the offense he'll be able to open up a little bit um the biggest thing though for me and what I think is one of the biggest under the radar moves that any team made this offseason was that the Browns locked up David and Joku and David Njoku is a great um, pass-catching tight end. Harrison Bryant is our is our route-running guy, but David Njoku is big and is fast for a tight end and is athletic, and he can go to, and he can run routes down the field and get the ball. Um, the Browns have the best uh, running back tandem in the division. Don't look at me, Justin. It's true. In Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, Nick's nodding his head because he agrees with me. You know, it's just it's just true. Um, and they've got and they signed Uranus Johnson for another year. 
you know, who, who is, who is an athlete. Um, we saw that in the game that both Chubb and Hunt were out and he was our running back one against Denver. We had Case Keenum at quarterback, which meant that we were running the ball a lot. Um, so our offense, I feel, I feel like we've, we've made the improve we've made the, made the improvements quote unquote, but we've been making those for years and now it's just, all right, you know, here, here we go. We finally have a, a, a stud at quarterback that can sort of bring us the rest of the way over the, over the hump um, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think the Browns have a really underrated secondary. Um, John Johnson, the third is very, very smart. Um, he's a great, he's a great safety, but he's smart. When he was on the Rams, he was the guy that was calling the plays. It wasn't the, it wasn't the typical um, Mike linebacker doing that. He was doing that from the defensive backfield. Um, he's just got a great, great IQ IQ. Um, we've got Denzel Ward at corner who is a stud, um, might, might be, you know, the, the best corner in the, in the division, though I can definitely see the argument for Marlon Humphrey at that. That's all right. I'm just saying, I can see that argument for Marlon Humphrey, but you know, there's questions there. Um, you know, um, the, they, uh, their, their first draft pick came in the third round and they, and they drafted, um, defensive back. Um, out of Mississippi State, I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, but he was he he showed flashes of college. He's athletic, again, just a, a bigger guy. Greg Newsom, who was our first round pick two drafts ago, looked great last season. Um, watching some of his tape, he's just all around. Um, yes, Martin Emerson, that's the guy. Thanks, Nick. Um, looking back, looking back to last season and some of his film. Um, He's just he's just very sound in in uh, in his in his skill um, and and his technique. Um, and we have the the best. Well, the Raiders might have the best now with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. But other than that, I think the best uh, edge rushing duo in the NFL is Davian Clowney and Miles Garrett. Um uh, I was really, really happy that they brought back Jadavian Clowney because he did stuff in the run game that the Browns were missing last uh, before before last year. Um, and and you know he he doesn't people people have been knocking him because he doesn't get the sack numbers or he hasn't been getting the sack numbers. But last season we saw that open up a little bit because he's you know on the other side was Miles Garrett. You know, so there was there was a lot more there. Um, linebacker and defensive tackle is where I'm, where I'm the most concerned on the defense. Um, though I'm not as concerned as people might think the Browns should be at linebacker. Um, Anthony Walker is a great linebacker. We're getting him at a steal right now for $4 million a year. Um, the Browns have Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, who they drafted, uh, two drafts ago, who's a first round talent that they got in the second round. Um, who's good in coverage and uh, just finding the ball and hitting the ball where it's at. So, um, and the biggest, no, no, not the biggest thing, but a very, very big thing is special teams. They drafted Cade York. Um, kicking has been a real struggle for the Browns. Um, so especially in a division where they've got Chris Boswell um, for the Steelers, the greatest kicker of all time, Justin Tucker uh, for the Ravens. And the and the the kid um, for uh, for the Bengals that's the has the most swagger I've ever seen out of a kicker ever. So so that that was that was a big improvement as well. Um, 
you know, it, there were a t- couple tough losses. You know, losing Rashard Higgins is tough. Losing Jarvis Landry is tough. Um, but we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I think that, you know, the Browns have the highest ceiling and the lowest floor this season. Um, even even with Deshaun Watson playing every game, I think that's still the case because it is a new system with a new quarterback and a new offense and um, with new players, new players around him. So so we will I mean, we'll see what happens. I think they could go as high as 13 and four. And I think they could go as low as, you know, nine and eight or eight and nine. Um, it just depends. And that's taking the does Deshaun Watson play out of it. Um, when you put that in, then it could be 13 and four or five and 12. You know, it's just you just don't know. Um, um, but I'm I'm optimistic um, about the team for this year. Yeah, that's a great way to sum up the Cleveland Browns. That really is, like I said earlier, that team really is a wild card. You really can't tell how they're going to do in a bit. That's in big part because of Deshaun Watson and how that whole thing is going to shape up. Uh, but Tuck, why don't you give us your, why don't you make your pitch on your Baltimore Ravens? All right. So the way I'm going to start is I've heard the, our guests Keep it speak PG. And give, say that again. Keep it PG. It, it will be. I'll try my best. I will try my best for you, Adam. Thanks, buddy. I will do this by going off of what our guests have said and then making my case. I think that's the best way I think I can interpret it. As far as the Steelers, they're an up-and-coming team with no real, like, show it. I'm not going to lie. I wanted George Pickens. I wanted him. I'm pissed that you guys got him. But, uh, hey, listen up. Marcus Peters ain't going for none of that. Marcus Peters ain't going for none of that. Marlon Humphrey ain't going for none of that either. Outside of that, you guys have Chase Claypool as your other wide receiver. I ain't scared of that. TikTok Poppy himself doesn't scare me, so let alone his little brother. That's number two. Deontay Johnson, number three. First off, no. He's the best wide receiver. <laughs> I will admit he is a very good wide receiver, but if I put Marlon Humphrey on that, and best believe we will put Marlon Humphrey on that, he ain't got nothing for him. So, unfortunately for him, that's enough of that. The quarterback position, you're trying to tell me I should trust Mitchell Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. That's what you're trying to convince me. I don't care how athletic Mitchell uh, Mitchell Trubisky is. I don't care how much potential Kenny Pickett has. You can't convince me of none of that. If you try to convince me of that, I will tell you, all right, I will try to tell you they haven't shown it on the field as of yet. So we're talking about a hypothetical sense of they might be something, but due to their prior engagements in Chicago and Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh, I ain't convinced because no one was clamoring for Kenny Pickett during the draft. That's why he fell to Pittsburgh. Number three, that (laughs) cornerback position, that cornerback position is god awful. The only other time it was worse is when y'all had Artie Burns as your other cornerback, and we all know how that turned out. Bro. He's almost as bad as Eli Apple. No He's no. not. This is untrue. This is untrue. Wow. untrue. This Those is are some slander. strong words. Artie <laughs> Burns was a first round bust. We do not have a first round bust in our secondary. We have that's why I say, busts. 
that's why I said it reminds me of it. I'm not saying it's comparable, but it reminds me of the time you guys had Artie Burns. We had Ross Cockrell on that cornerback court. It was horrendous. It was it so was bad. Unforgivable. It was unforgivable. But our safety room couldn't save our skins either. By mm. the way, this is a Ravens segment, and I have heard Steeler slander and nothing else. Don't, that's all I, I've. That's I, all I, I've heard. Are I you just? Are you pitching I, why the Steelers suck? Or are you pitching oh, no, why your your Ravens are good? Well, I can. I mean, I can. I could have my part where I go and just talk about Lamar Jackson's a running back if we want. If we want to do that, so like. We'll get to you in a second, Browns fan. You know, <laughs> I think you're the only no, one that's talk about the to get Ravens. It. <laughs> you're all, you're here to talk about the Ravens, not talk bad about everybody else. I'm not talking. I explained to you why I feel this way. I said if I put Marlon Humphreys on uh, Deontay Johnson, I feel like that would be comparable. I believe our defense as a whole just obliterates their offense because we have now Marcus Peter. I mean Marcus Peters back. We have Marcus Williams in our secondary, which will only improve our playmaking capabilities which will allow, you know, more interceptions and more opportunities to have turnovers, which we severely needed, which we couldn't get because Chuck Clark couldn't catch worth a damn. But that's besides the point. He just couldn't catch. And I was so shocked when we played against the Rams and he had two picks, one for a pick six. I was like, Chuck Clark is actually making plays because he's not like that usually. What about your first round pick? What about your guys' first first round pick this year? Which is why... I haven't even oh, gotten bring him up. Him. That man's a stud. He is a first round. Well, I don't want to say stud because I usually say that for when they actually prove something on the field. Like, I want to say he is a stud based upon what he's proven in camp. But until he's actually on the field and we can actually see it, God bless him. But I think he's a very good talent. I wouldn't say stud yet until he actually shows it on the field against quality talent. And not just, you know, in shorts and cleats. Our offense is finally getting back healthy. We finally have a backfield. I told y'all this during the pre-show. I got sick and tired of watching Devontae Freeman and Latarius Murray run the ball. And the Ravens trying to convince me that's the way we're going to win games. No wonder we lost five games. I ain't going none of that this year. I hope, and I'm seriously praying that our backfield can stay healthy this year. Because, oh my God, did you see what we were working with? We were taking scraps, and it's unfortunate that both Gus Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins had those terrible Achilles injuries, but hopefully they're back to near 100%. If not, that's why we drafted a running back in the sixth round, Tyler Batty, who's actually not that bad, all things considered, and I think we got him at a steal in the sixth round. And I'm actually seeing this text that Nick just sent, Lamar Jackson is not the best running back in the – he's the best quarterback, but not the best running back. No, because Nick Chubb is the best running back in the division. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree on that. I'm not going to do it. I can't, unfortunately, because my guys are coming off injury. And Nick Chubb is a stud. I will give you that. Uh, is J.K. Dobbins the fifth best running back in the AFC North is my question. Like, legitimately. Like, I feel like that's on the table that, like, Hunt and Chubb and Najee and Mixon, like those are studs right there who aren't injured. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, Dobbins isn't really. When he's healthy, I think he's top three. When he's healthy, you guys got to remember, he didn't start the entire year, and then he finished with 800 yards. He didn't start the year. So, and like, if he's healthy, I believe he could be easily be over 1,000 yards and then go from there. But he finished the year with like nine touchdowns. So I let the results speak for themselves. If he's healthy, our wide receiver core is – 
noticeably depleted with the loss of Marquise Brown. But again, I believe that will make up for the ascension with Rashad Bateman. I believe he's finally healthy and is able to take steps to where he can be the true number one in the Not depth there, though. Who's your number two wide receiver, by the way? I believe that would be James Mark Prochet. Andrews is their number one wide receiver. This is true, but I believe it'd be James Prochet if I'm not Bruh. or Devin Duvernay. Who <laughs> exactly? Who <laughs> I'm not saying our wide receiver core is the best. I'm not saying that. But again, our team has never been built around our wide receiver core. So I run first offense. We're a run first offense. Even so, if anything, it was a massive underutilization for uh, Marquise Brown being on that team. No, because even when we gave him the ball, he actually did have over a thousand yards this last season. So it's not like we underutilized him. He actually was effective in our offense. Yeah, but for that season, if he was on a if he was on a pass heavy team, he would have been so much more. I don't know, and we're making assumptions that we can't figure out until this year because he'll have more opportunities with DeAndre Hopkins getting out for six games. So we'll see. My only problem with Marquise has has always been, for some unknown reason, and you saw it against the Steelers, he'll have a drop that'll make me punch a wall. We had a touchdown. He dropped it, and I almost punched a hole in the wall because he always does it. It was the two-point conversion play at the end of the game when Lamar Jackson got pressured by T.J. Watt and Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews dropped it. I'm talking about Marquise. Marquise uh, dropped. Marquise dropped that against the Steelers. That's not just the Steelers. Now. He drops things against everybody. everybody. There was the Broncos game that he had three drops for touchdowns. It, it was, was Detroit. Bad. The Detroit. the Monday night football oh, game. You're right. The Monday night football game two seasons ago between the Browns and the Ravens, where you know Lamar oh, Jackson had to go oh. take a dump and come back out. Yep. I, <laughs> I, I wasn't. I I wasn't concerned about how wide open Marquise Brown was on the touchdown play until he had finally caught the ball. <laughs> And it's crazy because when we get into the playoffs, he catches everything, which is my only gripe with him. For some reason, when he, we get into the playoffs, he's like, all right, let me make it sure it actually counts. Like it didn't count all the other times in the regular season. But in the postseason, he gets his act together. So I'll miss that about him when we're healthy. As far as I'm concerned, our line is better than last year. Andre Villanueva is not Let's go, bro. <laughs> I will not. Because I remember when he first came to training camp and he had this great speech. And then he played against the Raiders, and Max Crosby took his lunch. I will never forgive him for that. Oh, my God. He got killed with this outside spin. I will never forgive him for that. Oh, he just God. couldn't block him. I don't, I'm like, we're sending doubles to him, and he still can stop Max Crosby. I mean, again, it's Max Crosby, so of course he's going to be good, but he should not be getting abused this much. So I'm happy Ronnie Stanley is coming back. Hopefully he can stay healthy off that ankle. I'm not sure. We're going to have to wait and see on that. We have an all, a future All-Pro at center in Tyler Lindenbaum. Everybody is, keeps telling me he's going to be a future All-Pro. But again, it's not like Creed Humphrey or Corey Lindsley or Scrubs. So we'll see how well he can do. But in our offense, I believe he'll at least produce at a Pro Bowl level. Uh, Kevin Zeitler was always good for us this season. For the first year he's been there, he was our best lineman by far, so I'm happy he's staying. And Lamar Jackson's coming back healthy. Uh, we, he, uh, Jack, uh, Jack said something early about us losing five games. Coincidentally, it also happened due to you know Lamar missing five games. 
crazy how that happens. That uh, eight and three lead in the AFC last year. They were the number one seed one at eight and three last year. And then year. Lamar was, goes down yeah. against the Browns, and then it just crumbles from there. When I tell you Lamar Jackson is our offense because Greg Roman can't do anything else without him, I'm being serious. The Dolphins game, it, the Ravens-Dolphins game, when he was just throwing screen passes that wouldn't go like more than two yards down the field against Byron Murphy and Xavier Howard, it was bad. It was not good. I was so pissed off because I'm like, first off, I think one of the first couple of drives, we, I, in my heart, I thought it was a touchdown, but Sammy Watkins gave up on it. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't think he – I'm not sure if he thought he couldn't catch it or he thought he was just going to be out of balance. I don't know what it was, but he gave up on it. I was like, that might have just cost it. He just cost us points. And then coincidentally, Justin Tucker missed a field goal. So that didn't make me feel any better about it. And then that game was just a giant pile of zero blitz that we couldn't stop because our line couldn't pick it up. Javon Holland kept coming through all the damn time. But anyway – that was last year. I believe this year is better because our defensive line is actually better. We actually have a couple of picks named Travis Jones. That's actually a lot better than what we were dealing with. He's younger, and hopefully he can give Calais Campbell more breaks than he needs to because he's up there in age now. Brandon Williams, it was time for him to go, so I'm happy we were able to snag Travis Jones in the third round. I don't think he'll necessarily play until the later half of this year, but if David Ojabo – is who we, we believe he is. He might be a problem for years to come. And then we have Odafi Away, who's our other bookend pass rusher, who is a stud. But again, he fell off a little last year because of a shoulder injury. So we'll see what he can become in year two. And I was and I was liking the production that our uh, linebackers were getting, mainly because of Patrick Queen. So there's that. So, and then we got to talk about everybody else, the Browns. Deshaun Watson may or may not play. I don't even need to go into them. And Anthony Schwartz, you're trying to convince me of him. The only thing he's opening the door for is Deshaun Watson when he actually gets suspended. That's the only thing he's doing. <sighs> that D- Browns defense is unbelievable. I will give you that. I wanted Jeremiah Usukormo when he fell Dang. to the second. Uh, y'all jumped the Steelers in that draft was- to get him. I was mad. I wanted him bad that was we were we were texting during that draft we were gonna get it you said you said we're only trading up for him and nobody else that's what you said we are trading up for him that same draft night the first round i I told adam i would be happy if we got him because i wanted him to be right next to patrick queen and for some and i was like damn we didn't get him i was happy with what we got in the end but i was like we could have had joker but we don't have him we could have had jok he's so good he's so good He's so talented, too. And then you have the back end, which I think an underrated duo in Greg Newsom and uh, Denzel Ward is actually very good. The only problem is Denzel Ward is not better than Marlon Humphrey. I don't understand why there should be an argument. There's no argument. There's no mm. – He plays outside corner. That's more valuable. I think Marlon Humphrey is the best I think he can do anything, but I think he's the best slot corner in the game and not the best outside corner. I think he's a good outside corner. I think Denzel Ward's a top five outside corner in the league, and that's really valuable. Just my take. I believe Marlon Humphrey's a top five corner outside. It just depends on what you're asking him to do. Opinions. It's opinions, but the fact of the matter is I do think that Brown secondary is very good along with – 
I'm, John Johnson. Not not John Johnson, the one that plays next to him from LSU. Greedy, Greedy Williams. Greedy Williams. No, Greedy Grant Delpit. Grant Delpit. That's what oh. I'm thinking about. I, everybody keeps forgetting about him, but when he's healthy, he can be very good. The problem is he he's not healthy, so it's kind of hard to maintain. Like, all right, what can this guy be? But I think on I believe sooner or later, I believe he'll show you why he was highly talented coming out of LSU. My only problem is the quarterback position. I don't understand what like people say that Baker was horrendous for the Browns, and I get some of the things were his fault, but I don't blame everything on him. And one of the reasons why I don't blame everything on him was the game plan against the Steelers. The James Hudson game. It was yes. bad. You're, it was you're telling me DJ Watt ate his lunch money for breakfast. You're telling me the game plan was to consistently leave a rookie right tackle one on one with TJ Watt. And thinking Baker throwing for over 50 times and not giving the ball, but only to a majority of the time, Nick Chubb, because he was on a, a count restraint for some reason because they didn't want him to get injured. And you're trying to tell me they were trying to win that game. That they game, they that tried. game for me, that game for me was that uh, that Dolphins Ravens game for you. I yeah. I I just sat there and from the get go was just frustrated. And was frustrated and angry the ent- all sixty minutes of gameplay, like, yeah. yeah. I was, I felt bad for a Browns fan because I'm like Baker's not this bad, even with the arm restraint. It's just he's injured, and they're trying to make him do something that he's not comfortable doing at this moment in time, and throwing it for over fifty yards against a Steeler secondary that was better than what it is currently now, and against the right tackle who will get his lunch taken from him from TJ Watt and he had like what four sacks that game? I think five. I think five, four or five. Yeah, so but that's that's how he broke the record. It wasn't in that game, but that's what jump started him. And also that was a game though that Miles Garrett had like no sacks against our rookie left tackle, which was mm-hmm. insane to me as well because he didn't get a ton of help that game. But that Browns game was just tough. Because our our run defense, the Steelers' run defense, was the worst in the game last year. It was horrible. And the Browns had the best running – or one of the best running games in the league consistently the last couple of years. And you guys were ripping off huge runs a bunch on us, but for some reason wanted to throw it a ton early and late in that game, which I did not understand. But it was just yeah, a massive um, nightmare late in the season. Yeah, but this is just me yammering on about the – faults of the Adam did you want to talk a little bit more about the Bengals or did you get all your Bengals fake fan stuff out after you said that you were a Patriots fan and going down hard for them I got somebody I'm just saying somebody needs to somebody needs to represent the team no Um, except here's the thing here's the thing no Justin never bashed the Bengals right because they were never brought up so if you so if you bring them up then they'll just get bashed, right? So, so might like, as well just leave them alone. Look, all well I'm saying is not enough is being said about Evan Evan, Evan McPherson, the best kicker in all of football. Clutch. He was clutch as hell last year. Not the best, but he was clutch in he the playoffs. That man year. had ice water. That guy, has some, Bowl, that like guy has some balls on him, too. Bro, mm-hmm. I, just, I just love the swagger that Joe Burrow said. Of how he just walked over and said to him, walk out to kick the field goal against the Titans. Well, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship. Yeah. Oh. That's just 
you don't do that, especially as a kicker. You just don't do that. And if you missed that, that would have been that would have got and and then that gets around, then that's never no one's gonna ever live that down, bro. That's the Matt Hasselbeck. We're taking the ball and scoring. We're gonna score and throw pick sticks. Yeah, that's that's how it could have turned out. It would have turned out that bad. My thing with the Bengals and like what they're gonna be this year. I think teams are finally going to be like, hey, why do why don't we just double Jamar Chase? Because even Jalen Ramsey in the Super Bowl could not consistently cover him. That's Jamar Chase is just that good, and I would say easily a top three to top five receiver in the game right now. I think that yeah. I can pretty confidently say in that range. As a rookie, I think he's on another level than we've seen for a good number of years. And I think people just say, okay, wait, he's a deep threat with insane speed. We need a safety shading over him all the time. I think he's going to get that treatment from now on that he didn't get this year as much as he should have. I think Joe Burrow behind a better offensive line is going to be better. But I also think that they're going to pull back, like Adam said, with a little bit of the Super Bowl hangover. Teams know a little bit more about what they're defending. There's more film on their offense and what type of offense they're going to be. I think their defense isn't going to be quite as good with the defensive tackle rotation that they had going on, actually. And I honestly, I think that Hendrickson, the name of their pass rusher, Trey Hendrickson, I think he's mad overrated. And he's had a couple of good years these last couple of years. But I think he's really overrated as a Pro Bowl, all pro level pass rusher. I don't believe that's what he is. I think he's a eight to 10 sacks a season, but not really the impact level pass rusher that people think that he is, but he's just really good at finishing when the play should be given up on. And like, he did not win the rep, but chasing after the QB and having a good motor. And so I think that he's a good pass rusher, but I think that he's going to have a pullback season as well. So that's just my opinion. Their secondary, like we've talked about, lacking at corner, we would all say to a degree. I think their offensive line is going to be better, but I have no idea who's playing center for them this year, and that's a big problem on a team that has had a lackluster offensive line. I think the center position as the leader of that offensive line really matters. But what are your guys' takes as far as a little bit of Bengals talk? To a certain degree, when it comes to cornerbacks. Oh, yeah, the degrees of burn that they have with Eli Apple. Oh, yeah. But they have they have Ted Karras, I think I believe to play center. I think that's I think that based He's on right. reports, that's that's the guy that they're going to use. And mm-hmm. uh, um, I, look, the mainly the the main thing with uh, the Bengals is not just like, especially when you mentioned uh, uh, Chase. Uh, yeah, Jamar Chase. I blanked on the name. Even if you do manage to successfully cover him, you still have two other very, very underrated guys in that wide receiving core in Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins to figure out. And yeah, yeah you may not have the tight end the tight end anymore, Tyler Uzama. But tight end isn't really that big of a factor now nowadays in the NFL. It's great if you have one, but it's just not that type of it's just not that important of a position anymore. Have you heard of Travis yeah. Kelsey or George Kittle or Darren Waller or Kyle I Pitts? Know. I know, but were any of those guys in the Super Bowl this year? Uh, no. <laughs> but yeah. Travis so Kelsey, the, the, Ram, the Rams, the Rams fared pretty well without 
without an elite tight end. The, they had uh, a great tight end. He was just injured, as was Uzoma in the playoffs. I forget what the name is. It was like six foot seven, though, on the Rams. Yeah, I'm sure. But Higby? Is it Higby? I think I it th- is. Yeah. But I'm just I'm just saying it's just they're not that big of a factor in in the offense. I strongly no, disagree. This is something I, I strongly disagree with. Actually, you can like, you can you can you can disagree. I I just think yeah. let him talk. Let him talk. The, the tight end the tight end position is just not is just not as important. It's great if you have one, but if if you don't have one, then you can still rely on your wide receivers and your running backs. I if the, if the Ravens didn't have a tight end, then we definitely could say Lamar Jackson is a running back. Mark but, Andrews is the only reason I'm, we can't say that. And even Justin I'm has sorry. to agree with that. that are we going to pretend like Kansas City has the greatest wide receiver core now that Tyree Kill is gone? Doesn't they that say a lot more back. about their wide receiving core rather than their tight end than their tight end? I just don't know that we can name a great team in the NFL without at least a competent tight end. I think every team has at least a pretty damn good tight end in the game right now. Well, you can you can talk about competent, yeah, like like competent. Great ones, but Kittle I, mean, like, like, I, I think maybe I need to maybe I need to clarify it a little more. I mean, like elite, like best of the best, like top three to five guy. Yeah, I think Kittle and Kelsey matching up in the Super Bowl two years ago, or Gronk and Kelsey the year be- the year after that. I think those are stud tight ends who make huge impact in the playoffs with clutch catches. Yeah, but Rob Gronkowski isn't on the same level that he I, – I don't believe he's on the same level yeah, like that he 700 was. yards this last year as an old Gronkowski, man. Gronkowski comes out of retirement just to leave the Patriots. Now Adam just can't stand him. I, <laughs> it's possible. Salt. Salt, baby. Edelman it's coming possible. out of retirement too to join the Buccaneers. He's a, he's a good tight end. He's a good tight end. I just best blocking yeah. tight end I've ever seen, but he's uh, I don't know tight end position just doesn't feel as important to me. It's one of those positions where I feel like you can get away with having like a serviceable player at that position, whereas like a quarterback, wide receiver, if you're only serviceable at that at those spots, you're going to get smoked in this league. Um, same with corner, you can't be just serviceable at corner. Bengals exist. What do you mean? What? The Bengals exist. We let me put it what this way, mean? Adam. With would what? you rather would you rather have With the corner? best running back in the game or the best tight end in the game? Or would you rather have a top five tight end or a top five running back? I'd rather just be serviceable ever at, at all those spots. Well, sure. I'd rather I'd rather just be very position. good at all those spots because it's more of a it's more of I like the aspect of a team effort. You know, you yeah, don't you, you don't often see when you have that when you have that there's a reason why the MVP curse is a thing. True. Like when you have that one guy who you center your offense around, then you're going to run into a team in the playoffs who's going to who's going to game plan for that. And then eventually they're going to succeed at, at at least containing it and then they're just going to they're going to you know, that's why Julio Jones doesn't have a ring. Because once you once you just game plan for him, then what are you going to do then? Because what don't do that. Cooper don't Cup. do that. Cooper Cup exists. Cooper Cup with all nineteen hundred of his yards last year in the regular season. Right, but a big part of why they were successful is because they were able to find success in other spots. 
Odell Beckham Jr. being a being a successful uh, trade acquisition was huge for them, and that's and that was a big concern for the for the for the team. Nobody was think uh, during the trade line trade deadline was thinking, oh well, be, they'll be fine without a number two. They'll have Cooper Cup. People were worried. They were like, well. If they just if they only just lean on Cooper Cup, then then defense is just going to focus on him. That's that's the that's my point. No, 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 no. They, they had Robert Woods, Woods and then he got he tore his ACL. He tore his ACL the same day they signed OBJ too. So it wasn't right. like prepping. And, that, and there there were concerns on whether or not that OBJ was going to be able to uh, um was going to be able to find any form of his his former self. At that point, once Robert Woods yeah. went down, so it was it was there was a big question on whether or not Odell Beckham Jr. would pan out for him, and if Odell Beckham and if Beckham if Beckham didn't pan out, then you're then they're in trouble mm-hmm. because you have that one one guy in Cooper Cup, and not in who's not only the number one option as a wide receiver, but just pass catchers in general. That's a problem. I'm just, I I just lo- I like I like the idea of a team effort. That's all I'm saying. A hundred percent. Don't don't bite my head off. I get you. I got you, Adam. My thing was just when you said I don't think that the tight end is very valuable in the current game or like very important. That's where I'm just like they, all the great tight ends are on great teams because they have a big impact, in my opinion. There's not a great tight end in the league outside of Kyle Pitts, who was drafted top yeah, four. Yeah, but Darren Waller, I mean, is a great tight end on a good team. Like, it, the Raiders are no slouches. They made the playoffs last year. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's a really they high, high level. They made the playoffs, but. They I almost mean... beat the Bengals. They they were on track to beat the Bengals late and had a tough stretch at the end of the game. I don't know. They, it, it, that, that was one of those teams where they, they benefited from a really, a really – strong start to the season and they they barely they were slouches towards the end of the season they also they really they were really barely able to make it in and he got too speedy for his own good if they still had him they would be they would be dangerous late in the year if they had still had henry ruggs he knows how he knows how to get that speed up yeah you know that much he speed <laughs> this is bad. Deshaun Jackson kills. was not a great Don't replacement. Don't make for that Ruggs. joke, Adam. Don't make that joke. Uh, yeah. Speed kills twenty-one. Hey, I mean, you're wrong with I. You're you're right with either context that you can put it in. Well, I got we'll, you. We'll, I got we'll put, you. We'll say that much. Uh, but do we have any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? Thoughts? Oh, <laughs> I was just gonna ask, just like quick rankings. Who do you how what order do you guys put the coaches in the division and the quarterbacks? Because like those are the races I think in the division that are actually tightest. And so just like one through four, it doesn't have to be long, but just like thoughts from you guys if you have anything coaches, notable to say with it. I'd say Harbaugh, Tomlin, Cincinnati's coach, then Cleveland's coach. Bruh, I I would not put Cincinnati's coach over Cleveland. I like Stefanski more than I do whoever the hell coaches Cleveland again. Zach Taylor, that's his name. Yeah, I put Zach. Uh, I put Cincinnati's coach over Cleveland's. Why? Yeah, no. Stefanski took the Browns to the playoffs. 
and won a game against the, the Steelers to the Super Bowl. I can't argue against that. And they Joe won. Burrow and carried. Won. Joe Burrow and Evan McPherson carried. That's my opinion. But they, they wouldn't have won without the coaching, unfortunately. I think they would have. I think they would have won with most other coaches because, like, that's just my take. Jack, so I can't ignore it. So I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Tomlin, Stefanski, Harbaugh, Taylor, and here's and here's the here's the rationale. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Here's the rationale. <laughs> Again, I think this season is gonna be the end of it, but Mike Tomlin has never had a team since he's been with the Steelers, have uh, worse than a winning record, right? That's that's never happened. Or 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 500 when there was 16 games at 8-8, eight and eight, right? Mm-hmm. Last year, the last three or four years, he's been dealing with old, decrepit Big Ben Roethlisberger or dummy going to try that's and pull Miles crazy. Garrett's head off or helmet that's off, uh, Mason Rudolph. Um, <laughs> Duck Hodges too, baby. Or, yeah, yeah, Duck Hodges, you know, right? So, so there's that. Yeah, so there's that. So that's why I've got Tomlin that high. I've got Stefanski that high because the then next, before not obviously not the exact same reason, but similar reason is that he fully turned the Browns around in his first year. And last year was rough because of Mayfield being injured and other injuries like, you know, Justin, you obviously know about, you know, because the Ravens battled the same the same problem. Um, but yeah. the fact that he still got them to eight and nine is still pretty impressive to me. Um, and and especially the insane culture and locker room shift with him. The reason I've got Harbaugh and Taylor in the, as the bottom two is because they do really get the benefits of having insane talent at the quarterback position, where Tomlin and Stefanski don't, right? So that's not saying – putting that in order isn't saying that either of those guys are bad coaches. But I'm saying that Harbaugh gets off more with having Lamar Jackson than Kevin Stefanski or Mike Tomlin do with having Baker Mayfield or 40-year-old Ben Roethlisberger, right? And then Zach Taylor, I think it's the same thing. Um, he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's a great coach. Um, you know, obviously, you have to be. If you're going to get your team to the Super Bowl, You there's there aren't bad. Well, Doug Peterson got the Eagles to the Super Bowl. But at the time, I don't think he was a bad coach. Um so yeah, Eddie was, but but you know you have to be you have to be at least in the top third of coaches in the NFL if you're going to get your team to the Super Bowl. So that's not saying that any of these guys are bad coaches. I'm just saying I think that the I think that surprisingly the the the, the uh, AFC North has now for the first time probably ever found stability at the head coaching spot at all with all four teams. Um, you know you don't have the Bengals stuck in Lovey Smith purgatory. Or uh, or not not Luggy Smith, uh, uh, Marvin Lewis, Purgatory. Yeah. Um, you don't have the Browns with Freddie Kitchens anymore. You know you've got high level IQ coaches at all four teams. So yes, I would rock with Mike Tomlin. Never had a losing season. His his motivation, like if you guys ever hear him talk, like he's that dude. And yeah. then I'd rock with John Harbaugh. Got to put respect on his name for the culture and like. I, I honestly don't think the Ravens are that talented of a team the last couple yeah. of years. I think Lamar is that dude. And I think Ronnie Stanley, really good tackle. And I think their corners are really good. But honestly, I think their offense outside of like Mark Andrews and Lamar, 
doesn't have a lot of talent the last couple of years. That's just my personal opinion. But I think that it was coached up and schemed up well enough to where they leaned into what they did well. And I've been really impressed with the Ravens coaching staff. Then I would rock with the Browns and Kevin Stefanski. Got to put respect on his name. He's turned around the Browns and been the best coach the Browns have had in 25, 30 years, probably since Belichick. I think I think he's probably the best coach they've had since Belichick in the early mid-90s, which is crazy to say because that was a long time ago. And then I would rock with somehow Zach Taylor at the number four spot being a Super Bowl runner-up. I, I just don't think his resume is extremely interesting, and I think that they've, for the most part, overachieved due to the talent on their team and their drafting more than they have actually coaching. And so that's just my opinion. But, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, as far as quarterbacks go, uh, coaches, it's, it really is a toss-up for me. I, I, I can't really answer that. Um Maybe I'll have Tomlin number one. Uh, Cincinnati's coach I'm not too fond of. I thought he just took advantage of a great – of a very good team. Uh, however, quarterbacks, I will say, Lamar Jackson I have to put at least in the top two. At least top two. He's a proven commodity. And uh, just to, just a stroke joke, Justin's ego. Don't don't um, no. I swear to I swear to you. If you put Joe Burrow number one, uh, go ahead. No, don't stroke it. No, put put Joe Burrow number one. Go ahead. I dare you. I'll, I'm putting yeah. I'm putting I'm putting Joe Burrow number one. He went to a Super Tom Bowl. Foolery. Tom Foolery. He went to a Super Bowl and he's a true pocket passer. I love me my pocket <laughs> passers, and he is he is a he. He looks like he looks like a Peyton Manning. He looks like that type of quarterback who can who can he throw who who can throw for a million touchdowns. He he gets up there in interceptions, but he can rack he can rack up the yardage in everything. And I just I love me some Joe Burrow. I love his winning attitude as well. Uh, after that, who's number three? Number number three would be would be Deshaun Watson. Watson, as long as he plays, and hopefully he'll play at some point. Uh, the only reason I have him below everyone else is because, obviously, he's an unpro- it's unproven on whether or not he'll play. And then uh, after that, at number four, we're going to put Kenny Pickett. We're going to put our guy Kenny Pickett down there. Not even Trubisky. Not Trubisky. Will will he needs uh he needs either some, or they're fourth. Yeah, yeah. You can interchange. We can, we can argue that another time. But yeah, uh, when when it comes to me, when it comes to the QBs, you have all tied at first: Jackson, Burrow, and Watson, and then bringing up the rear in fifth is Pickett or Trubisky. And the reason is is they're all very very different quarterbacks. I think Burrow and Jackson are both at the exact same level of eliteness. It's just they do it very, very different ways. Um, and, you know, so so maybe have them both tied at first and put Watson at third, not because he might not play because that shouldn't impact where I put him in terms of right now currently how good quarterbacks are. Like that, it's that's all based on what the past has been, not what is he going to play or not. But we haven't seen him in a while. 
So, so there's that. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, we are going to have to end this episode. Oh, it's Nick been, it's gone on for a while. Did Nick Wait. say? I did not say mine. I'll I'll wanna, make it you, quick though. I'll make it quick. Yours? I'll make it quick. If Deshaun Watson played 17 games, I would rock with Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, and then the Steelers dudes. The last time I saw Deshaun Watson, he had zero weaknesses in his game. I thought he was that dude. And I'm not very high on Lamar Jackson. To be fair, the most the most film I've seen of Lamar Jackson have been against the Steelers. And I'm sure, as Tuck can tell you, his games against the Steelers are not good. And that's just a matchup nightmare problem. But like Steelers-Ravens games, Lamar Jackson has not looked good. And that's when I've seen him most. And to be honest, I think Lamar has limitations where when you take away some of his running ability, I think his pocket passing still has room to develop. And so, honestly, I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. But I think that he just has hard limitations when it comes to late season pocket collapsing kind of football. And that's just my opinion. So I would take Deshaun Watson right now. If if he's playing half the season, I'll take Lamar Jackson, of course. But if I'm taking them raw, just like I have them full schedule, I'm taking Deshaun Watson over Lamar Jackson, and I'm pretty confident with it. I don't know what you're saying, but okay, I respect your opinion. I'm not even going to do this. I'm going to say one and one A or Lamar Jackson first, Joe Burrow second. They're on the same caliber. It just depends on what your preference is. I'm not going to be too butthurt if for some reason, for whatever reason, somebody puts Joe Burrow. You were butthurt. I was. You were, you were not, ready to. I'm not going to get pissed off about it. I don't care what anybody tells me. You were me. pretty pissed off. In the far third, it's Deshaun Watson. And then forfeits Mitchell or Kenny Pickett, whatever floats your boat. It is what it is. Look, the best ability is availability. And if Deshaun Watson was were to be guaranteed to be on the field, I would have him a lot higher. I might have though him and Joe Burrow one too, but you, j- I just can't do that. I can't. We're talking availability. Mitch Trubisky is the most available quarterback in the division. Yeah, that man is never injured. That is all I'm saying. We can't go all we can't go all out on availability. There's a lot of backup quarterbacks will be who'll be free on Sunday, but we're not gonna put them up there and just be like, oh, you're you're free. Just just throw. Come on, go come on out here. Come on, uh, uh, prime time football. Face uh, Patrick Mahomes. See how that goes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Well, we do need to end the show tonight. This is a real. This was a long one. We had a lot to talk about with this division. A lot of ins and outs, X's and O's, all that stuff. This was a crazy. This is a crazy division, meaning we had a lot to go over. But that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune into us live Tuesdays and Thursdays at seven thirty on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at Fumbleruski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.